And then the third thing, um, I like uh, what uh, uh, William Urey, this is another author that I admire, um, he, he talks about going to the balcony. And when you feel like uh, it's very heavy, when you feel like uh, nothing is working, take a break and reflect. Go to the balcony. That was R.F. Dastyar, Council General of Afghanistan in Los Angeles, responding to Rob Holman about what he learned from his peacemaking days in Afghanistan that can help people embrace conflict more like a superpower than a problem. Rob Holman is on a mission to interview 12 of the world's greatest inside-out leaders over the next 12 months. In this episode, Rob talks with R.F., who was recently appointed Consul General in Los Angeles. The two of them talk about three core ideas— hope, peace, and conflict. Rob's history with RF goes back nearly a decade from when Rob had spent time in Afghanistan teaching his inside-out leadership philosophy. As much as this was a reuniting for the two men, the conversation was not about their time together. What Rob did was he leaned into RF with difficult questions that he knew he could answer, but RF's philosophy and heart both shine in this conversation. From Autoburst Media, this is Inside Out Leadership with Rob Holman. Hello and welcome to our second episode of Inside Out Leadership with Rob Holman. I am Ryan Girardi, your host and commentator. You heard the opening clip of RF explaining how sometimes when you aren't finding common ground in a conflict, you might want to take a walk out onto the balcony. That was actually the third of three methods that RF suggested when Rob asked him about embracing conflict. Another area I've got to ask you about, RF, and this is, again, thank you so much for just an honest conversation because I find that leaders are very hungry. They're highly receptive to learn about these things and of the heart, of the mind. And uh, so thank you for just your willingness. And I feel so honored you're willing to really uh, have this deep conversation with me today. It's in the area of conflict. You know, conflict is something that in relationships with people around us, that there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of disagreement. And it's so it can be so challenging, so difficult to get into agreement with even just one person, let alone a bunch of people around a common vision around common bond. I know so many marriages in the United States of America throughout the world, they, there's so much tension even in their own marriage and relationship, not to mention in a formal leadership role. So would you be able to share some, some wisdom, some insight as it relates to the work that you've done where you've gone in and you've been a part of some of the most tension-filled conversations and dialogues on the earth? And you brought about and helped bring about unity in the, min- in the midst of those tension-filled conversations. What could you say to leaders listening and watching right now that I want to operate not only out of hope and not only out of peace, but I, I want to learn how to have a really meaningful conversation when the person doesn't necessarily agree with me? Uh, we want to find that unity, of, a bond of unity. Uh, What have you learned in your experience professionally and personally that could really help people um, embrace conflict and not view conflict as a a major problem, but view it as, in a sense, like a superpower of sorts? What would you say? 
The first method was patience, and the second was flexibility. Yeah, it's very difficult, Rob. Again, these are very difficult questions that you're asking, particularly in the context of Afghanistan. Mm, um, I know that uh, we need to, uh, there is this concept of uh, looking at conflict as an opportunity. But for people who are uh, losing lives every day, it's very difficult to sell that argument, honestly. Um, But then uh, there are conflicts at different levels. And conflicts at their core um, are not bad. But when the expressions become violent, um, that's where we have our problems in Afghanistan. And um, and it makes it very difficult to talk about this because um, we're talking about human lives and um, and 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 many of them um, and for a for a long um, span of time uh, that needs to end. Um, And so it, it does become very difficult. I would say three or four things to that. Number one is our vision. We cannot lose sight of that. We have to end this bloodshed. Um, or if we're talking about um, smaller conflicts uh, in whatever capacity they may be, we need to have that vision, uh, that ability to see through the moment into the future, into what it can be uh, that is not there right now. That's the number one thing. And then trying to establish that um, with whoever you are working with is very, very difficult. And so it requires a lot of patience. And, um, and we just cannot afford to uh, grow tired of trying uh, different methodologies, different strategies and reflecting and thinking on how um, we can ultimately uh, reach uh, um, uh, and accomplish um, our vision. Uh, the second uh, thing to that is flexibility. Um, sometimes we just cannot plan um, everything ahead of time. And particularly in, uh, in negotiations, particularly dealing with conflict and people who are actors who are totally different from you, actors who have different interests from you. And because of that, they have resorted to anything, including violence. It's very difficult to plan everything ahead of time and know exactly every move uh, of your own or, um, or the other party. And so flexibility would be an important, um, an important component um, of um, our walk here. Now, earlier in the conversation, Rob asked RF to explain what peace means and how he intentionally operates out of a place of peace. I've got to bring this up, RF, because you've spent a lot of time in government, in government and outside of government within the area of peace. I I like to call it peacemaking, right? Peace negotiations and peace process. You've written and you've helped negotiate some of the largest peace deals on the planet. So there's a lot from not only just being hopeful as it relates to a person and a leader, but also operating and functioning out of a place of peace. And as I alluded to earlier, if there's one thing we need right now in this world and in our own hearts, it's peace, isn't it? So tell me a little bit about that. For you, you know, you've helped, you know, with write peace processes, and it's actually been in New York Times and other major news media outlets. So for you, where does peace come from? And we talked about having a higher perspective, being hopeful, but this area of peace, how how do you operate and function out of a place of peace? Because that really is, I think it's wonderful that we just talked about hope and learning the discipline of slowing down and having times of reflection to find the good. 
Because what I find is things begin to slow down. We can operate more out of a place of peace and not get caught up in the go, 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 go mentality. So for you, what does peace mean? And how do you intentionally and consistently operate out of a place of peace? RF sharply responds. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a great question, Rob, again. And it, um, uh, we can talk hours about this. Um, but uh, let me tell you one thing. Um, uh, we hear a lot uh, 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 that, about the war in Afghanistan and, um, and also that it is, um, it's been going on for 40 years and it's very difficult to believe that it will end. Uh, the number one thing is that um, I personally refuse to believe that it will not end. I think that that's a lie, uh, that it will not end. Um, I think it will end. The conflict will end and we will see peace. And, um, and, and to do that, um, it's, uh, it's harder um, sometimes uh, to mobilize um, a few people uh, to come into this category and believe uh, that we can actually make uh, things happen. And then goes on to explain how the right small mix or group of people that can make things happen is more important than reaching the masses. He calls it critical yeast. Um, sometimes it's easier to mobilize the masses, um, but it's uh, more difficult uh, to mobilize uh, the few. But the few who are strategic, the few who can um, uh, make things happen, and um, and that's where um, uh, that's where uh, uh, we need to focus. I like this uh, professor uh, um, and author who who writes about uh, uh, creating the conditions uh, for building peace, um, John Paul Lederach, and he talks about uh, the critical mass uh, versus the critical yeast. Uh, um, uh, and and uh, that sometimes we go after a large group of people and trying to mobilize them uh, so they come out and, and call for peace. And that's good. That's necessary. It has to be there. Uh, what's more important um, or at least equally important and uh, that will uh, influence change is uh, finding that uh, the critical or the strategic uh, yeast, the uh, the smaller group of people, um, the, the right mix of small group of people who can make things happen. Um, that's, uh, that's very difficult. Um, but, um, but we have to take that, uh, that difficult task upon us uh, and, uh, and work for it. And a peace, Rob, for different people means different things. Um, uh, it can be very uh, broad and abstract. It could also be very concrete. For me personally, when I see a, a little child girl going to school and smiling uh, with a backpack is for me peace. If we can make that happen for every Afghan child, no matter where they live, that is peace uh, for me. So those were the latter two parts of the conversation. In the beginning, Rob opened up asking RF how he finds hope amidst all that is going on, not only in Afghanistan, but in the U.S. and really the rest of the world. I've been over to Afghanistan a number of times. And when I met you approximately eight years ago, you were involved in a nonprofit organization. I was doing some inside-out leadership training in private and public universities. And I met you. And one of the things that stood out to me about you 
among all the other wonderful Afghan men and women that I met was this. You were so optimistic. You were so hopeful. And I'm thinking, here's a war-torn country. And how does a man have so much hope? So I, I, I thought a great way to kind of begin our conversation is to talk about that a little bit. How do, how do you have hope uh, in the midst of challenge, in the midst of just so many difficult things going on in Afghanistan, in the United States, and in our world? How would you respond to that? Arif responds first by pointing to all the possibilities that Afghanistan has to offer. He argues that Afghanistan is more urbanized and educated than the world recognizes. He points out the vast natural resources that Afghanistan has to offer, and he pits Afghanistan as geographically positioned as a land bridge for trade and commerce. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Rob, and something that, um, that I also reflect on um, uh, um, occasionally, uh, or more, actually, uh, especially in the context that we live in with the unfortunate active war going on in our country. It's very difficult to uh, keep hope alive. And so that's a, uh, that's a pretty uh, legitimate question. Uh, but uh, for me, what makes it uh, uh, easier to think um, through this question is uh, locating myself um, in, in the context that I work um, in. And so if I take Afghanistan, for example, a couple of things um, uh, come to my mind. Uh, number one is our potential, uh, the potential, the possibilities um, that are there in our country. Uh, First of all, um, our human capital. Um, this, these are the things that we do not see on the news uh, normally. Uh, we have uh, um, a, a great, a large um, educated segment of our society uh, with a vision for peace, with a vision for development and prosperity uh, for our country. And sometimes Afghanistan is portrayed as this um, rural country where most of its populations are living in the mountains and in the deserts, which I have difficulty uh, uh, understanding and believing that uh, uh, because uh, we have all of these major cities, um, for example, take uh, Kabul. Uh, with 6 uh, million uh, population, now, out of a 30 million uh, plus uh, population country, we have another maybe uh, 6 uh, to 7 million people um, uh, who are living abroad uh, uh, in our diaspora communities. Um, they are urbanized. We have other major cities. And so my calculation is that it is more urbanized and more um, uh, educated uh, than um, it receives um, credit. Uh, so number one um, in our potential is the human capital. Number two is our natural resources. Uh, Afghanistan is also portrayed as this really poor country, uh, but we are a rich country. Um, if we look at it deeply, we are a rich country and there's potential to use that richness um, um, and develop it and utilize it to make lives better. There is that potential. And it's not me saying this. Uh, there are lots of studies uh, that are done uh, that talks about uh, the uh, enormous uh, natural wealth of our country in trillions. Um, 
The uh, third um, part uh, in our potential is our uh, geography, our location. Unfortunately, um, uh, yes, throughout history, there have been times that it has been um, used as a curse, but it could definitely turn into a blessing. It could definitely turn into something that we can develop and utilize to make lives better. Uh, we are at this heart of Asia that can connect South and Central Asia, and they all need each other. We are uh, trying to introduce Afghanistan um, as a as a uh, roundabout. Uh, it's mostly portrayed in the news as this landlocked country that has no connection uh, with the rest of the world, and that is a false narrative, Rob. The, the correct way to think about Afghanistan is that it is a land bridge. It is connecting um, different countries and goods and trade. And there's enormous potential for, uh, for that that can um, help the country um, grow and move forward. And we are um, doing our part to do that. Um, and then um, uh, the second thing that I uh, reflect on um, that helps me um, keep my hope alive and, and, and get motivated to move on is that um, our environment is conducive to change. Mm -hmm. uh, you can see change happening in front of your eyes. There are many kids who need education, for example. You build a school, the next day you see somebody uh, in a school uniform uh, with their books going to school and uh, smiling and, and all, and it gives you a lot of hope. Um, I have worked a lot with children, with uh, university students, uh, with the younger generation, um, and, and you see change happening. And I can give you uh, tons of examples. I know that uh, uh, we will not have enough time for that. Um, but um, these are some of the things, Rob, that, uh, that gives me motivation and hope because I believe in our country and in our potential. You are listening to Inside Out Leadership with Rob Holman. That was Rob with R.F. Dastyar, Consul General to Afghanistan in Los Angeles. Rob is on a mission to interview 12 of the world's greatest inside-out leaders over the next 12 months. You can catch all the interviews and more right here on the Inside Out Leadership Podcast with Rob Holman. I am Ryan Girardi from Auto Conversion, a member-supported community for marketing professionals to learn, network, and grow your careers by participating in professional-grade media opportunities for public relations and content marketing purposes, plus exclusive member programs designed to help grow and enhance your career. Auto Conversion invites you to be part of this growing network, just like Rob has been since 2017. I, I've got to share uh, this particular episode and the entire series this year is brought to you by Auto Conversion. Auto Conversion is your media advertising and technology partner. And believe it or not, since 2017, I've been leveraging and utilizing auto conversion for my own PR and marketing strategy. So if you're a content strategist, if you're an author, if you're a speaker, please get in touch with auto conversion because they can help you like they've helped me. Find out more by going to autoconversion.net slash IOL. That's www.autoconversion.net forward slash IOL.
this is Audiburst Media.